What's going on, guys? So in this episode of the podcast, we are going to dive into every game on the Sunday slate. Um, I know we have a good or what should be an entertaining Monday night football game in the Packers and Falcons, but I'll be talking about that separately on Monday. So right now we're going to lead up to every game on Sunday. We're going to start with the Colts visiting the Chicago Bears, which is a very interesting game to me. And um, it's actually a really difficult one to predict. So I, I, the Colts are two and a half point favorites on the road and the over under is just 43. Um, the Bears have a really good defense, of course. They're allowing only 20 points per game, 20 or 20.7, which is ninth best. The Colts are allowing only 15 points per game, which is tops in the NFL right now. So that part of it is interesting. When I look at this game um, and I look at, like, we can we trust that the Colts' defense is really legit? And I took a deeper dive into that question, and I see that they have the seventh most sacks and I know they haven't played a bunch of great competition. I get that. But they have the seven most sacks, their second in pressure rate, and they're blitzing second fewest in the NFL. Um, they're fourth in rush yards allowed. They're 10th in yards per carry per run allowed. They are first in yards per pass attempt. Xavier Rhodes last year was allowing an, a completion percentage of 81.5%. 9.8 yards per target. He allowed four touchdowns and zero picks. This year, he's allowing, basically, he's like allowing only half of what he was in basically every category last year. So he's allowing 44% completion. He's allowing 4.9 yards a target instead of 9.8. And he's he's allowed just one touchdown, but he's also intercepted two passes. So um, that's very interesting. And it just really brings to question, are they going to do the inevitable because they will have a couple more of these games this year, which they did in week one, and just let Rivers throw the ball 44 times or whatever it is. If they do that, I think they're in trouble. But if they run the ball, um, and I, I know I say this a lot, but it, it really is true, especially in this case, if the Colts come out and they challenge this Bears secondary, let me just tell you what Kyle Fuller and Jaylen, rookie Jalen Johnson are doing this year. When targeted, they're – Opposing quarterbacks are, have completed 18 out of 44 passes, which is 41% for 5.5 yards per target, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. And they've only allowed 36 yards after the catch. So, like, that is pretty damn clamped down coverage. And when you look at this Colts receiving core, I don't really see who strikes fear in this team and when i told you the colts are second in pressure rate and they have the seventh most sacks um mitchell trubisky was sacked one every 12.8 passes Foles did not get sacked last week Foles got the ball out of his hands undeniably quicker but that's a very small sample size to start um you know to not consider what happened with trubisky so just looking at the kind of waves of pass rush the colts have to offer with their kind of a deep rotation there and um looking at what the bears have done in large part uh, in terms of allowing sex, that's worrisome. And then when you look at the fact that the Colts are also really good against the run and the bears are good running the ball, but they can kind of be like one of those teams. It's every now and then like, well, let's just throw a little bit more. And that's where they get in trouble. <clears throat> um, I mean, even last week in that comeback Foles didn't even average seven yards per pass attempt. So that's, uh, I think it was 6.7. So that's interesting, but, one thing that really kind of get back to the point of the Colts have to run the ball, the Bears 
have the fewest missed tackles in the NFL with just eight missed tackles. So that's phenomenal, right? I think the second place team has 12 missed tackles. So they're four fewer than the next best team. But here's the weird part. They allow five yards per carry, 5.0 yards per carry, which is 26. So a team that isn't missing any tackles, but still allowing five part yards per carry just kind of has me thinking, are they, I mean, they have to just be consistently losing, right? Like up front to some level, um, which is weird to think about with, an, uh, with a defensive line that has Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. And I think, as I posted on Instagram yesterday, I think Akeem Hicks is their best player overall. But against this Colts offensive line, you would have to think that it's at least reasonable to assume that they're going to win that battle up front, right? That, that Quentin Nelson and those guys are going to win that battle. So I don't know. That's just something to consider. But overall, I went back and forth on this game a lot. My initial, um, when I first was looking over this game, I was just like, the Bears, they're not going to let them run the ball. The Bears are going to win the game. And then I was like, the Bears are going to shut down Phillip Rivers, all that. But then when I look at it and I'm like, man, if you're the Colts, how could you want to do anything but run the rock with Jonathan Taylor? Because it, it just because of who the Bears have always been, you think like, oh, man, I'm worried about that defense running the ball, running the ball against that defense. But if there is a way to beat them, it's running the football. So I'm going to give the Colts the benefit of the doubt here and say that they do that. And I think they win the game 21 to 20. So that would be good for the under. That would also be good for the Bears to cover because they're two and a half point underdogs. And uh, so, yeah, kind of like a everybody wins thing there. So I don't know. I, it'll probably go over because all games are going over. But right now, when I'm doing my predictions, I was realizing that I'm seeing a lot of unders or that I'm predicting a lot of unders. Not a lot, a lot, but some. And I know that I'm probably going to be wrong. But there will be a time where the unders start to catch up because as defenses – kind of get into football shape and get into um, a football season mode where they're actually able to tackle guys more consistently. I think that will definitely do a lot for them and and it will cause some more unders to start to happen. So in, inevitably when cold weather comes, we see more unders start to hit anyway. So um, next game, Saints at Lions. So the Saints are four and a half point favorites on the road and the over-under is 54. So in this game, man, I, I'm a little bit worried because the things I'm worried about it are same thing with the Saints offense. Can Drew Brees pass? Because this Lions secondary is going to be aggressive. They're going to get hands on these receivers with their big. I think Trufant is playing. So if he does, that means him and Okuda against this Saints receiving cord that might still not have Michael Thomas. And these guys, let me just read their injury report to you guys on guys that did not practice on Thursday. Marcus Davenport did not practice. Andres Pete did not practice. Jared Cook did not practice. And Marshawn Lattimore did not practice. Michael Thomas was limited. But if you just think about if if Lattimore doesn't play, who is going to cover Kenny Galladay? Um, and, and Janoris Jenkins has a shoulder injury. He's been limited most of the week. So, um I, I I know the Saints are one and two and they're desperate and I get that, but man, this makes me nervous. But on the flip side, there are many reasons to be nervous if you were thinking of picking the Detroit Lions. They're not a good tackling team and they're playing against Alvin Kamara. They have the um, seventh most missed tackles in the NFL. That's not good. Okuda 
his numbers aren't great, but he's been competing and he's been playing against some really good players like Devontae Adams. Um, but both defenses allow over 30 points a game. 31.3 for the Saints, 30.7 for the Lions. So I really think this game comes down to are the Saints going to be able to run the ball? Because if they're not, let's just say they try to run it early, they can't get anything going, then Drew Brees is kind of forced to pass on you and everybody and their mother knows that he is going to try and dink and dunk. It doesn't look like Jared Cook's going to play. I mean, if you miss a Thursday practice, I mean – even if he does play, you have to start to wonder how healthy is he? So like if Michael Thomas and Jared Cook don't play, I, I just don't see how the Saints are going to score unless they just run them over running the football. And even then, Andres Pete might not play. So um, I don't know. It's it's a tough game. I think the Lions can score more points against the current Saints defense than the Saints can against the Lions. But I'm willing to say I'll take the New Orleans Saints because I cannot see them going one and three. I'll take them 27-24, and uh, that would be good for the under. So, again, like I'm saying, the unders keep hitting for me, but, uh, you know, it'll probably somehow score more than that. All right, Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers, my team. Um, Arizona is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 51-and-a-half. And, and, uh, yeah, man, I I posted about this today, too. Uh, Kenyon Drake is a guy that needs to get going. And he's playing against the Panthers defense that misses a ton of tackles. So um, can they tackle not only Kenyon Drake, but can they tackle Kyler Murray? Because he is going to run the ball five to ten times at, at a minimum. And if I'm if I'm the Cardinals in this game, just knowing what I know about my team, I mean, I'm going to run the ball with Murray at least eight or nine times. At least like I'm going to make. Carolina tackle as often as possible. I'm going to do a lot of quick game and and just forcing, just kind of getting guys in space like they do anyways. So this is a tough game, a tough matchup for Carolina. I'm going 28 to 24 Arizona in a game that I could easily see the Panthers winning, but I'm taking the Cardinals. I think they bounce back, uh, get a win here, and that is good for the over. Okay, Jaguars and Bengals. So when I was doing my podcast yesterday about how Joe Mixon could could have a bounce back game, um, I kind of was really comfortable picking the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. Now I'm really not that comfortable, but we're still going to roll with Bengals 24, I mean, uh, 24-23 Bengals. But let me just give you the reasons why I am concerned. The Jaguars are getting the 13th most pressures by percentage and they're blitzing the six fewest there's a kicker though they only have three sacks so i know everybody likes to use um pressures as the important thing and and oftentimes they are and they are more indicative of future sacks usually but at some point man you got to have that guy with that enough burst to him and enough uh, tenacity to finish to actually complete the sack so Getting sacks absolutely do matter, and I try my best not to uh, just eliminate them like a lot of analytics guys tend to do. So that part matters to me. But the Jaguars also do not miss tackles. Second in the NFL in in, uh, fewest missed tackles so far this season. The Bengals side of it, their offensive line is bad, but their wide receivers do match up well. Um, I I think that if they can at least keep Burrow from getting sacked, like the uh, Jaguars opponents have pretty much done all season, um, he should be able to exploit some of those matchups down the football field. And then Joe Mixon, I think, will have a good game. 
And, uh, yeah, this Bengals defense is getting the fourth fewest pressures, even though they blitz 11th most uh, in the NFL. So that's not that's not what you're looking for there. But I think overall, Joe Burrow will be able to take what's given to him, and then he will eventually be able to capitalize on that and hit some big plays down the field. I think he'll have the most support from his running game that he's had all season long. I think the Bengals take this game 24-23. All right, Browns at Cowboys. Um, Dallas is a five-point favorite. Over-under is 56, which is what I said yesterday, which is the second highest over-under of the week, higher than the Chiefs-Patriots game, just for some context there. It's crazy. Um, but look, man, I think overall in this game, the, the Cowboys are actually ninth best uh, in run defense in terms of yards per carry allowed, I, even though the Browns have a great running offense, fourth most yards per carry, third most yards in general. They've got the unbelievable tandem of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I think that's definitely um, a threat, but I think Dallas will come out ready to take that away and they will come out with some um, urgency to their game and they're going to try and make Baker Mayfield beat them. And I ultimately don't think Mayfield can score more points than Dak can score against that Browns defense. So I'm taking the Cowboys 31 to 21. And again, this is an under, but I, I like it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't see this being like a 31 30 game or something. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I just don't think Baker Mayfield's going to completely light up the Cowboys. But I do think, from as going back to my my uh, podcast yesterday, I think Odell Beckham has 100 yards. So just take that for what you will. All right, Seahawks at oh, – I'm sorry. Dallas wins 31-21, under. <laughs> Seahawks at Dolphins. So Seattle is a seven-point road favorite with the over-under at 53. See, this game – I could see more points being scored than that Browns Cowboys game. Is it just another example? So um, look, I'm taking Seattle 35, 24. I think it'll be close for a while. And I just think Russell Wilson will, as he seemingly always does, will make more plays down the stretch than his opponent. And uh, I think that Seattle defense will make that one play down the stretch like they do and get an interception against Fitzmagic. So it'll be fun for a little while. And I think Seattle pulls away at the end, but that is good for the over. Chargers at Buccaneers. This is a tough one. Buccaneers are seven and a half point favorites over under is 43. And I didn't mean this is a tough one. Like, I don't know who to pick. I mean, it's a tough one for the Chargers. Um, I'm taking the Bucs, man. 24-20. I just think that that pass rush, that run defense, they are like the absolute worst possible matchup for the Chargers. But I also think on the flip side of that, I think the fact that the Chargers can get pressure and they will get after Brady with just four. Um, and they can cover well enough on the back end, especially without Chris Godwin, to make this kind of a, a dogfight of a game. But ultimately, I think the Chargers fall short. Uh, Buccaneers win this game 24-20, not enough to cover. And uh, But weirdly enough, that is that is enough for the over. I think they the score um, some they, they get the scoring going mainly in the second half of this game, I think. So I'll take the Bucs there. And... Um, where are we at here? <clears throat> okay, sorry. Ravens at the Washington football team. The Baltimore Ravens are 13 and a half point favorites, um, which is gigantic in the NFL. Over-under is 45, which I, I mean, I get the overs have been pounding lately, but how can you take the over in, in this game? I mean, the reason being, even if the Ravens get to 30, does Washington get past 15, 16? Ugh. I'm going to say they do, but I'm not 
comfortable with it. So ultimately, I think Lamar Jackson has his bounce back game. I think even though I was shocked to discover today that the Baltimore Ravens are actually getting the fewest pressures by percentage of quarterback dropbacks, opposing quarterback dropbacks of any other team in the NFL. Um, I'm terrified of that. But but with, with the way Washington has looked and even with Ron Rivera basically saying that Haskins can get benched if he keeps playing like this, which was kind of crazy to me after three games. But Haskins hasn't looked good, man. He, he really hasn't. Um, I think he'll ultimately be okay in the long run. But Ron's trying to win, and he's looking at his team, I think, and he's thinking that, look, with this defense, I could put Alex Smith in there, and we can win nine games. You know, I, I really think that he believes that, and I honestly kind of believe that. So ultimately, I think it's a get-right game for the Ravens, but I think it will – not be easy early because this defense of the Washington football team is legit. Um, but ultimately, Baltimore wins 30 to 16. I just maybe I did that subconsciously just to hit the over, which is 45, but I'll take it. Um, over for the Ravens and a Ravens win. That is a Ravens cover as well. Okay, Giants at Rams. The Rams are 13 point favorites in this game. To me, that just seems crazy, but just because it's the NFL and I didn't view the Giants as that bad of a team at the beginning of the season, but clearly getting beat 36 to nine, I believe it was last week against the 49ers kind of shows you that that easily can happen. So I'm, I'm not going to go that far. I'm taking the Rams to win the game 28 20, but I don't think they blow them out or by, I don't think they win by two scores. So that's actually a push on the over under, um, but the Rams win straight up. I think the Giants offense will play ultimately a little bit better. Um, I don't think it'll be enough to win the game because I don't see how they can possibly stop this um, Rams offense, but I think it'll be a, a much better effort. I just don't see a Joe Judge coach team, and I know he doesn't have a track record to look at really, but when I look at Joe Judge, I don't see his team just rolling over and him accepting that. You know, So I just I think the Giants will come out motivated and actually – with some fight to them. So I think it's a little closer, but ultimately Rams just too much. 28-20 Rams. All right. One of my most favorite games of the week, Patriots at the Chiefs. So Kansas City is seven point favorites over under 53 and a half. Okay. So that's two and a half points less than the Cowboys Browns game. Go figure. Um, Patriots so far this season are the number one rushing team in the NFL at 178 yards per game. And keep in mind, guys, that's with the game against Seattle where they had like 70 yards rushing. So that's insane. They're third in pressures, but only fifth in sacks. So that's they need to actually finish because Mahomes doesn't mind being under pressure. He'll just run out to his right or left and, and heave 150 yards down the field for a touchdown. So they have to get there when they're there. Um, Cam Newton is being sacked just one every 18 pass attempts. And that's against now that'll be interesting to see how that plays out against the Kansas City team that is getting the fourth most pressures and the sixth most sacks. That's what happens when you invest like 200 million in your defensive line. You get those sacks. You know, it's not just pressures. Um, so the t uh, Patriots have the most takeaways in the NFL. The Chiefs have the second fewest turnovers in the NFL. So um, the Chiefs, here's something that I think was maybe most interesting. Of course, the Patriots being the best rushing team in the NFL facing a Chiefs team that allows the 28th best yards per carry at about over five yards per carry this season. That's not good. But here's the interesting one. 
The Chiefs are eighth in missed tackles. They have the eighth most missed tackles in the NFL. I think the Patriots will find ways to get Cam Newton into space and get these runners into space on, on, the, on their kind of running back by committee that they run over there. I think the Patriots win this game, 31-28, and that is good for the over. I think Bill Belichick dials up an absolute masterpiece of a game. They get off to an early lead, like 10-0 or something like that, maybe 14-0, and I think they they – it takes Mahomes, just like it did in the AFC Championship game a couple years back. I think it takes him a little while to start to p- pile up the points. But ultimately, I think he gets some points going and scores 28. But I think the Patriots hold on and do enough, which they seemingly always do, enough to win down the stretch. Um, so I know that's that's a bold one. It's not a game I'd necessarily bet on, but I really think the Patriots are going to find a way in this game. I just have a weird feeling. You know, it's like after the Chiefs are flying high off that emotional win um, against the Ravens and they kind of blow them out and they're all fired up and everything's that everybody's tooting their horn and singing their praises and the Patriots go in there and ruin the party. Cam Newton and them, that they, they just, it's not going to be pretty all the time, but they're going to bully them. I, I just don't, I think it's a bad matchup. I think the Chiefs are going to have a difficult time tackling this Patriots offense with the many different ways they can attack you on the ground. I think that will ultimately be enough to steal a win. Now, if they played in the playoffs, it'd be tough to pick the Patriots again. So that's, that's the only downside. If you're a Patriots fan, you almost want them to lose this one and and get them next time. But I don't know. I don't see it that way for, for this week. Bills at Raiders are next. Buffalo's a three point favorite on the road over under is 52 and a half. Um, Man, this is one of my favorite games because Josh Allen, of course, I low-key predicted that he would be in the MVP conversation before the season started. People were laughing at me. They're not laughing now. Okay, but he's playing against a Raiders defense this week that has the eight fewest pressures in the NFL. <laughs> they're down near the bottom in sacks. Um, they, I don't see how they're going to cover Stefan Diggs or John Brown for that matter. And they are a bad tackling team. Second most missed tackles in the NFL. How are they going to tackle the very elusive Devin Singletary and even Josh Allen when he decides to run? I'm taking the Bills, man. 31-21. That is under by a half a point. Um, but I'm taking the Bills, man. I, I think they're going to they're gonna keep on cruising. I think weirdly enough, what happened to them last week is going to serve as motivation to not have that kind of letdown game against the Raiders. And I think when you go into a a brand new shiny stadium as nice as the Raiders, as an opposing team, you kind of you're not going to come in there flat. Like even the Saints, when they lost there, they didn't come in there flat. They came in, got a quick like 10 nothing lead, I believe. So I just think all those factors work in the Bills' favor, and I, and I also think they're a much better team that matches up really well with the Raiders. So I think that Buffalo defense kind of shows people, hey, don't don't start counting us out just yet. All right, next game is the Houston Texans against the Minnesota Vikings. This game is in Houston. Um, Texans are four-point favorites. Over-unders 53.5, which I think definitely goes over here. Um, look, man, I, I just – I don't have a lot to say about this one. I just really believe that Deshaun Watson is going to find a way to win this game because he's not going to go 0-4. And who do you trust in this type of situation, Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins? I trust Watson. 33-30 
Texans get the win here. And Minnesota loses another very, very close game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the Houston run defense is a, definitely a worry, a concern if you if you are betting on Houston because Dalvin Cook, as he, we saw, had 199 yards from scrimmage last week. But ultimately, like I said, I think it doesn't matter. I think Deshaun Watson somehow, some way gets the win here for, for the Texans, who obviously desperately need a win. All right, 49ers and Eagles are the Sunday night game. So we all know how great the 49ers effort was last week to beat the shit out of the Giants in their own stadium. And that was awesome. But here's the problem. They're facing an Eagles team that is very desperate. Um, they're very, very desperate. And they this defense had eight sacks last week against Joe Burrow. And I know that um, Bengals defensive line is awful. I get it. But... The Eagles have the fourth best run defense in the NFL this year at 3.4 yards to carry. So quietly, very quietly, this Philadelphia run, I mean, this Philadelphia defense in general has been playing very well um, in terms of just getting after the passer. Um, fourth best in run defense, like I said, only allowing 3.4 yards per carry. And then on the flip side of that, the 49ers quarterbacks are being sacked one every 12 pass attempts, which is not a good ratio. The defense of the 49ers only has five sacks, even though they're eighth in pressures. Um, and, I, and the 49ers are 16th in run defense in terms of yards per carry allowed on their end. So I think that's all uh, sets up nicely for a Philadelphia upset in an ugly game. The Eagles are seven point underdogs here. But I'll take Philly 20 to 17 over unders 46. So that's going to be way under. Um, the Nick Mullins hype train is is going to come to a, a, a halt here in this game, but it's not because I think uh, any le- it's not because I think little of Nick Mullins. I don't actually think he's a, a, a really solid quarterback. Um, it's just that I think the 49ers, the how banged up they are, ultimately against this desperate, very talented but desperate Philadelphia team. I think is going to be too much to uh, overcome in this one, even though they're at home, of course, no fans, but it does matter. I'm taking Philly 20 to 17. So anyways, guys, I appreciate you listening to this podcast as always. And in a few more minutes, I will be publishing a uh, start sit for week four. So thanks for listening. Give this a share if you shall. And I'll talk to you soon.